Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And Ish. You already know what to do if you are tuning in on Facebook. Please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you're on our Facebook page, go ahead and hit that like button so you can follow our Facebook page as well. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit that red subscribe button so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future if you hit that notification bell. Ding! Thank you for that, Ish. Mm-hmm. And as well, check us out. X talking ish on X. I didn't make this application. It's on Twitter. Brad, stop it's, that I now. didn't make the application. No, I didn't no, do this. No, Blame Elon no, Musk. So no, stop that. It's on X slash Twitter, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what it's called anymore. If you on saw Twitter. that last week episode, I've already went to my whole spiel about that new reformed app. So with that being said, welcome back once again uh, to the channel. We appreciate y'all for tuning in once again. Uh, before we get into tonight's topics, let me go ahead and just bring it back once again. I'm talking about it all season long. Talk about it all season long. I'll, I'll put some more details out there on social media when it comes to being able to win this autographed mini helmet from Leonard Williams of the New York Jets when he played for the New York Jets. Uh, that can be a great item for yourself or a gift or item gift. if you're if you're a father for a, for a son or for a birthday or whatever it is if you don't want nothing to do with the damn helmet because you hate the jets you can more than welcome give it away but before hey. you give it away you still got to tune in to x talking ish to know how to receive and don't forget x is hand delivering it to the winner I'm, i've never agreed upon that so i don't know why Ish keeps bringing that up but we'll figure all that out later on Anyways, back to the show at hand. Um, As always, we come to you guys on a Tuesday night to recap the NFL on a weekly basis. Uh, And today is an unfortunate day for a lot of NFL players uh, when it comes to NFL cut day. Um, It is one of those uh, days where it probably doesn't it probably doesn't affect the normally easy or normal. everyday nine to five person like ourselves. Uh, but once these guys are let go from these teams, they are back into the working class as probably going to be a nine to five uh, person once again. And some of these guys might not ever play football ever again. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys turn up. Uh, some of these guys might be able to get onto a practice squad. Some of these guys might be able to go play in either Canada, XFL, USFL. Uh, we just don't know, but everybody's journey is different. Uh, over the last couple of years, I, I think we've seen a lot more uh, first round picks and also number one picks. And, I'll, and I'm going to throw a name out there uh, very quickly. A guy like Marcus Mariota, uh, we've seen the highest of, of, of highs and the lows of lows uh, when, it, when it comes to his situation. Um, and, I, and I don't know if official, I haven't looked into it yet, but I did see that he might get cut. I don't know if was it official that he I don't get know cut. If it, I don't know if it's official yet. If you don't mind doing research on me on that for me right quick, I would appreciate that. Uh, but again, a guy like Marcus Mariota, um, a guy like Jadavian Clowney, who was just a couple weeks ago, who didn't have a job, um, and was trying to find I, 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 the right destination for him, and he ends up in Baltimore. But these are guys who were uh, number one, number two picks in their draft, and we're kind of struggling to get onto a team. And you have guys nowadays because of just the competition within the NFL. You have so many more uh, athletes than ever before. You're seeing these high-profile names getting cut, and it's like kind of unheard of. But for me, and I was with you moving forward. I mean, this is going to be the norm just because of how competitive and deep uh, the NFL is now, so more than ever. So before we do get into which will be our topic 90 to 53. Before we do get into the spill of all of the uh, cuts and the free agents, let's take it back just a couple of days to when the Cowboys broke the internet. And that's when the Dallas Cowboys made the trade for trade Lance. Um, one thing I will say about the NFL, uh, the NFL definitely loves to not give us any type of um, uh, topics for the week-ish. Until literally about two days before our show, and then they hit right. a little bow, bow, bam, 
almost every week so far. It's been like this for every um, every training camp recap that week that we've done this for the last couple of weeks. At first, I, I would I would you know hit you up. It's like, hey, we're gonna be able to have a show. I mean, we only have like a couple of topics to really talk about. And all of a sudden, you get hit with this, you get hit with that, and this is one of those topics: the Dallas Cowboys trade. Um, a lot to unpack. I'm gonna stop talking because I want to throw this over to my boy Ish and hear his thoughts about this because um, what a what a wow, right? I mean, that's pretty much uh, in layman's terms that you can lay it out straight and forward. So I'll throw it over to you, Ish. Let me hear your thoughts. Um, real quick to follow up on the Marcus Mariota thing, he did not get cut by the Eagles. He's still the backup for Jalen Hurts. Thank you for the so update, sir. That is uh, good news for Mr. Mariota. Um, as for Trey Lance, who did not win the backup job in San Francisco and instead got traded to Dallas, this is yet another case of Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones because I honestly, for the life of me, could not understand what was going on here. Why? Other than my one thing that I guess I'll say is maybe they don't have faith in Dak moving forward. And maybe this is Dak's last year in Dallas. Maybe, just maybe the hot seat. He might be on a warm seat or some sort of seat. And who knows? I don't know what their thought is behind bringing him in because obviously when you bring in a guy that, I know they didn't give up three first round picks to uh, to acquire him, but you know when he has that in his history, there's going to be some chatter. There's going to be some expectations, and I'm interested to see how this is handled in Dallas. I'm also interested to see, and I want to get your take on it. If that gets hurt, so we throwing in Trey Lance. So, like I said before, before I throw it to you, there's a lot to unpack here, right? And going over a lot of people's opinions about this trade, this obviously can go in a lot of different ways, right? This can go really, really well. It can go really, really bad. Um, it can go in – I mean, it can go in the middle. It, it It's just – it's a very touchy – situation because it's a quarterback right if this is an offensive lineman if this was a wide receiver a db this wouldn't even be a, a topic because it would just be oh we're just adding to the arsenal because we're a wide receiver right oh we're adding more depth to the defensive back position because it's a db because it's the quarterback position that's why this topic is such a big thing and also obviously it's the dallas cowboys and also these two teams are rivals i mean you, these two really don't make that many amount of trades amongst each other and for it to be trade Lance to be sent to Dallas, of course, right after um, the, I guess, gaining the confidence back, Jerry back to Dak to let him know he's the guy and, and then inserting inserting um, Trey into the mix. And from what they report, apparently Jerry didn't get the okay from Dak, or not even okay, I'm sorry, even give them the heads up, my apologies, the heads up to Dak or Mike McCartney that, hey, this is what we're going to do. Now, most successful NFL franchises that are not just successful in Rexies, but are successful in the postseason and beyond are on the same page, ownership, GM, head coach, QB1. Usually you're on the same page of what you're trying to do. Now, when that chain gets broken and you have these maybe little clicks maybe a little bit of, you know, I'm the quarterback and I'm throwing it out to New England when it comes to like Tom Brady back when he was uh, back in New England where I'm the I'm the quarterback and I don't feel like I'm getting what might just do. So I'm going straight to the owner because we have that type of relationship. You know, that type of as that type of scenario, you have a scenario where the coach and the GM is, is tight and they don't care about the owner or the quarterback. You know, there's so many different types of scenarios to where the reason why this trade is so to me the reason why it's so interesting is because of the the injury history with Dak right it seems as though Dak will find a way to miss at least probably three to five games maybe right um and if that's the case Trey Lance comes in and I'm not saying light it up like I don't I don't think I don't think changing Trey Lance from where he was at in, in San Francisco right to Dallas, 
I don't think him just plopping into Dallas, he's gonna automatically pick it up from where he was at North Dakota State. For sure. That's what I don't I don't think that's what's going to happen. What I think what needs to happen for Trey and what what should happen is you need to take your butt in that QB room, learn as much as you possibly can, because a lot of people talk about how great Dak is as a teammate, as a QB mind, um, as a pro, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can go in there and learn and soak everything up, and if it is your time to get thrusted out there, you have weapons galore, right? Wide right receiver, hopefully Tony Pollard is still there by week eight, week 12, whatever it is when it's time for Trey to come in. And mm-hmm. you can do enough to win games, but not be the one that causes your team to lose. If okay. he can do that, it can allow him to hopefully regain some of that confidence that he lost over the last couple of years. Because like I've stated over the last couple of weeks with Zach Wilson in New York, and people are quick to just roll their eyes and say, oh, Zach Wilson is going to be trash. I mean, his story is still being written, right? I mean, it's we can't just throw some of these guys out at year two or year three, or we can't crown some of these guys. And I'm going back at your guy, Patrick Mahomes, after year four or five or whatever it is, when we still have to see how the story ends up, right? And I'll use a great example. I was talking to my wife about players that we remember them being on their second team rather than the first team. And the main person that I brought up was Marshawn Lynch, right? If you think of Marshawn Lynch, everybody thinks of Seattle Seahawks days, right? I think of Buffalo Bills days. I remember those days. Okay, you remember because you're a football mind. But for the casual fan or even a fan that watched the NFL but just sometimes forget, right? A lot of people forget he played for Buffalo before he played for Seattle. But he's more well-known being in Seattle. And that's where, let's be real, he probably – Seattle probably saved his career. And maybe the same thing could happen for Trey. Or maybe Trey could just be a bust. And and, and, and unfortunately, Trey and Carson Wentz might be the two that make North Dakota State look bad when it comes to that QB department right now. Because a lot of people said, no, 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 don't do it for, for Carson Wentz. We saw how that happened, right? How that fell out. And we saw a lot of people say, no, 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 don't get Trey Lance because I he mean, hasn't had that many he stars. Did, and he did lead a team to a Super Bowl. I can't necessarily say he won a Super Bowl, but you okay. know, Carson Wentz, I, I don't I don't like that comparison there, but I will say I support you in the sense of North Dakota State and there being something around that, although the caveat with Trey Lance is Trey Lance hadn't played a lot even at North Dakota State in, when he was coming out. Like, he didn't have yeah, the snap yeah. count. And this is these are the same question marks a lot of people have about Anthony Richardson, right? Even though he played, you know, higher higher level, yeah, higher better level conference, sure. you yeah. know, but there's still those worries and concerns about a guy like Anthony oh, Richardson. Yeah. yeah, like they just don't have that level of experience playing the position at a high level, right? Like, let's just be honest. A lot of these other quarterbacks that come out, they have so many snaps at a high level. You kind of have an idea of, you know, exactly what they're working on, where they're at in their in their growth process and how you can help them along. With Trey Lance, I feel like he hadn't had enough snaps to, for you to really say where he was in that whole process of growing as a quarterback at an elite level and like how he was going to make that adjustment to the NFL. So I feel like a lot of what we've been seeing is him learning on the fly as well as the coaching staff learning on the fly of like what are the things that we can continue to strengthen with him? What are the things that, you know, we probably should shy away from because of his skill set and what he can process what he can't process. Like there's a lot that goes into that, that I just feel like it will be good for him to change teams, get a change of scenery, kind of lose, not necessarily lose the history of the three first round draft picks, but, you know, put that a little bit further behind him, right? Because he's no longer on the team that gave up the three first round draft picks. But at the end of the day, I think experience is what he lacks and experience is what he needs. But sitting behind Dak Prescott, are you going to get that experience? I don't know. Are you going to be able to soak up enough behind him that when you do get in, that you're going to be able to, you know, do what you need to do to help the Cowboys who, I mean, let's be honest, this is a team that wants to get back to the playoffs. This is a team that wants to compete for an NFC East. And 
with Trey Lance as you know, maybe your backup is is that possible? Do you still have the same expectations if he ends up coming in? Well, again, I, I state this all the time now. I know my wife gets tired of me saying this, but <laughs> when you have two good quarterbacks on your roster, which is now I feel like more of a necessity than ever before in the mm-hmm. NFL, you have a better chance of making it further than other teams. And I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use the Chiefs as an example. I'm just saying that if you look at other teams in the top five, top seven, when it comes to not even statistical, I'm talking about playoffs in the last eight teams remaining, right? Mm-hmm. Most of those rosters are going to have the, obviously the QB1, who's supposed to be starting. And you have a QB2 who is the reason why they don't start. But if they come in, they're not going to go in there and do silly stuff. Most back in the day in the 70s, 80s, even hell in the 90s, if your backup quarterback came in, it was like, ah. All right, I guess go ahead and pack it up. You know, it's, I don't know if we can win this game. I mean, for the most part. But then you have some little flashes here and there. Guys like a Jason Garrett, you know, all right, coming in for the Cowboys, a little something, something here and there, a little, you know, a little bit of Matt Schaub for, for Michael Vick, you know, here and there. And some guy, I don't know, some guy named Tom Brady, you know, he, he kind of broke the mold on that one. So once you put all this together with – Again, with the NFL now more so than ever, uh, it's probably only what three, out of thirty-two quarterbacks is what maybe four or five that have played all seventeen games. It, it's become so, more rare. It's, so it's, it's if that's hard. the case, if Dak is going to miss a game or two, then Trey Lance is is now or never. It could be. Now, I, to finish up, because we're going to have to go ahead and move on a little bit from this topic, I'll ask, I'll, I'll throw this back to, to you because even though Dak has another three more years on his contract, I tell people this all the time, and I know a lot of people like to brush it off because they just see the contract for what it is. Contracts don't mean nothing, okay? Contracts can say they're guaranteed for three years, five years, seven years, whatever, okay? These contracts are year by year basis especially in the NFL. NBA, completely different. MLB, completely different. Stop trying to compare because it it's not the same. When it comes to the NFL, these are year-by-year contracts now. So if that is the case, if Dak, which is possible, if Dak goes out there and throw for another plus 10 more interceptions, hell, even lead the league in interceptions, and the Cowboys regress – after having another stellar year on defense where they might even lead the league in takeaways once again, which would be three years in a row, and the Cowboys continue to fall short. Remember, Zeke ain't there no more, Dak. You know, your comfort buddy, he ain't there no more. So if you regress, if Dak is the reason why they regress, if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones, especially due to his age for the most part, it's now or never. We got to find a way to win now. Because I ain't gonna be here too much longer, and and I don't want to leave this earth without touching one more Lombardi trophy. So that's my thing is this season is, is just like the Cowboys season for our last 15, 20 years now, because Jerry Jones like to play it out this way. It's just gonna be another movie, and it's gonna be very interesting by midway point, by Thanksgiving point. You know, how are the Cowboys gonna be looking? Are they gonna be looking the way they should when it comes to a 10 plus win uh, team and and you might not even hear anything too much about Trey Lance and Dak is out there leading the brigade and they're doing what they're supposed to, or we're going to have question marks because Dak has thrown for six interceptions over the last four games. You know, are the, the defenses and playing as well as they should, you know, if you start having these whispers, it's mainly because you're not winning. So again, it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. I don't have a prediction or I really itch. This is one that's, it's, it's, it's interesting how the Cowboys went about this because if you look at their roster, I mean, for the most part, you think that they're a playoff minimum, conference conference championship maybe appearance team, maybe even a Super Bowl team roster, you know, moving forward. And I thought with Trey Lance moving to Dallas, I'm being honest with you, I think it makes their roster that much better if everything plays all right. If this is another team, if this wasn't the Dallas Cowboys, you look at this roster, you're like, man, okay. Okay, maybe this will go to the Super Bowl. But because it has that Dallas star on there, 
everybody's like, oh, well, like Frasciawana says, Cowboys being Cowboys. Let me get to the comment section right quick. Frasciawana says, this move was done because Jerry thinks Trey can be a version of Jalen Hurts. He did, of course, mention about how he wished he could have drafted Jalen Hurts. Uh, Fracture also says, whom which Jerry said he wanted to draft, which, again, I, he literally, Fracture literally just said what I was about to say. Thank you for that. He also said, uh, before having to pay Dak when it comes to contract-wise, also Fracture says, I think of Marshawn driving that golf court on the field after they won. And then also 49ers should have taken Mac Jones, who is Brock Purdy. Mm. Like Mac Jones. I rather oh, have. We're gonna get into Mac Jones later on. No, we are. Oh, we are. But I rather have Brock Purdy. That's that's mm, just. I don't know. That's just. I don't. I don't see the specialness in Mac Jones. That's just me. We'll talk about it shortly. I don't think he's special, but I don't know. I don't know that Brock Purdy's much better. I mean, he's that much better for the system that he runs in and for in uh, San Francisco, I guess. All right, let's go ahead and move on to 90 to 53. And like we talked about earlier, uh, this is cut day. Um, so a lot of people are moving on to either other teams or to practice squad rosters. Uh, so just because somebody got cut doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be on the team. Uh, they can still be on the team, of course, on the practice squad, and you can maybe see them move up within the season and, you know, again, maybe show face once again. Um, We'll start off right where Ish left off, and when it comes to Mac Jones and the New England Patriots, very, very surprising move. I, I feel like they kind of took a page out of the Tennessee Titans book uh, just a couple of days ago when the Tennessee Titans let go both of their kickers, and they had no kicker on their roster. Uh, they do have a kicker now, of course, now former Patriot player Nick Folk, who is now with Tennessee Titans. Uh, but the New England Patriots uh, pull out a bold one out of their hat and say, we're only going to have one quarterback on the roster for now. Most likely, they'll they'll pick up somebody. I don't, I don't expect them to have just Mac Jones on the roster going into Week One. Uh, but the Patriots decide to waive Ish's the I would say second favorite quarterback behind Danny Dimes, Mister Bailey Zappi. And if you tuned into the show uh, here at X Talking Ish, you would know if you want to win, you got to put Zappi in. And they also let go of Malik Cunningham. Uh, who, of course, is, some people would say, the poor man version of Lamar Jackson. That's no disrespect at all. Uh, but what's interesting about Malik Cunningham is that he came into the Patriots organization and also the NFL itself and said, I don't care. You can put me or whatever. I'll play whatever. You need me to go play ass back? I'll go play ass back. As long as I'm on a roster somewhere. Um, and, and unfortunately, it seems as though that that didn't help him still receive a roster spot. <laughs> Being honest with you, mm-hmm. New England would be the best spot to be able to do that. We've seen them to be able; they've seen them multiple times be able to help players extend their life um, because of either special teams play or changing their position from quarterback to wide receiver, aka Julian Edelman and others. Uh, so for the Patriots, um, and and of course we'll, we'll get into others as well. Um, what is up with this move? Um, I honestly don't know. I don't know. I saw this and I was in disbelief. Um, like you said, they only have Mac Jones in the roster now. Obviously, they're going to make some move to go bring in some sort of veteran or something. Um, I I just don't know what to say because I thought my boy Zappy had done enough to prove to them that. You know, when the offense is crappy, you bring in Zappy. It's it's as simple as that. Um, so I'm interested to see what Bill Belichick has going on. Honestly speaking, after this move, though, I'm going to go ahead and solidify and say my man is on the warm, warming to mm. getting hot seat. Mm. Okay. If Bill Belichick doesn't have a good season this year, he needs to go. Mm. Robert Kraft, I mm. know you, you've you been thinking about it. Yeah. I know you don't want to be the guy to let go of, you know, what some people may say, arguably one of the best, if not the best head coach in NFL history. Mm-hmm. He needs to go. 
if you're letting Zappy go, bruh, nah, he need to go. And Greg, not not too much on my boy Zappy, bro. He he's better than the Canadian League. All right, the, you need to be uh, you need to be trying to ask your Texans to go ahead and bring him in instead of Davis Mills as the dang backup here, because clearly, clearly, the Texans gonna need some sort of help as well. Because the offensive line, I'm sorry, I don't know how long C.J. Stroud gonna gonna last. That offensive line is already torn to shreds, and we just got done with the preseason. So um, I don't know what y'all thinking down here, but Zappy might be able to come in. Like I said, your offense is crappy. Bring in Zappy. The cards, Fracture Walnut, he's not going to the cards because the cards trying to lose, okay? Pretty they much. They really are trying to lose. Pretty much. And we'll talk about that in Jiffy, too. So <laughs> we'll wait for that in a second. Um. Yeah, um, very interesting. Uh, I was not expecting that one to happen. I don't, I don't know what's really going on in New England on their, I guess, uh, the the path that they're trying to create, um, either with Mac Jones or uh, for the future. I, I don't know what they. I, I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I don't, I don't think New England believes in Mac Jones. Uh, I think they're gonna try to move on from him by. Some type of way. I, I I think maybe after he just finishes up his rookie deal, I think they just let him go maybe. But I don't really think that – reports say that Robert Kraft and Mac Jones have a pretty good relationship, and that's fine. But Robert Kraft also likes winning as well too. And when you've been spoiled by Tom Brady over the last 20 years, you know, no matter how cool you are with somebody, if your ass ain't winning, we got to get somebody else in here that can win. Um, this is a very, it's gonna be a very interesting year for the New England Patriots. Um, well, and next week's show, we'll of course discuss uh, division winners, we'll discuss uh, coaches on hot seats, we'll discuss um, uh, bold predictions. That's going to be a very interesting show next week. And, and yeah, Bill Belichick definitely probably most likely be a name on, on some of these lists because of it's what have you done for me lately league this this isn't a what have you what did you do for me with tom brady over the last 20 years league um and belichick even if he left the patriots after the season there will be at least 10 to 15 teams lined up ready to uh let belichick coach your team right so it's not like belichick quote unquote has lost it or um nobody would care for his services or he's just outdated I don't think it's that at all. Patriots had a great defense last season. We obviously know that that's not the issue. The issue is itself is is the offense. I mean, the offense have really have been a dud since Tom Brady have left this team. And can they find themselves uh, this upcoming season? I mean, with the receiving core that I see in front of me, I don't really see it. Now you have a you have a decent two two back system, right? You have Zeke Elliott. After a refreshed year, getting his body back right and, and trying to um, just prove to not just everybody, but also probably to himself that he can still play in this league and at a high level. And then, of course, you have Stevenson as well, who's been a consistent back for them since last season. Um, and also, again, another guy we nobody talks about, but we need to is Bill O'Brien. This is an audition year for, to see how. To, to see oh, if Bill O'Brien deserves to be yeah. back in the league. Mm. We're being honest because for, for a guy that that choked away a playoff victory for the Texans that should have they should have uh. been back just what six years ago. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is an audition tape for him to see if 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 his offensive scheme is as good as it as he it needs was. to just stay as an offensive coordinator. He's not auditioning for any head coaching positions or GM positions after we saw I, what he did in Houston. I mean, but why not? Maybe, maybe it was the organization of Houston and I mean, the, the the ownership and the GM yeah, not do whatever he wanted, and he traded DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts. Sir, Jonathan Gannon has a head coaching position right now. Anything is possible. Hell no. I don't pass. I, nothing nothing in the league surprises no, me. I'm done. Nothing I'm in the league will surprise me, and it will not surprise me at all if Bill O'Brien becomes the head coach for another team. Bro, I'm the next five. If this man, nah, he shouldn't be a – Depending on how he does I bet somebody will give him an opportunity because they do, but he shouldn't – not with full control. No. Nah, oh, that's not probably going to happen. That's, 
Well, again, if he goes to an oral real organization, unlike the Texans back when they were what they were what, seven, eight years ago, they won't let that happen. Uh, but again, the NFL is a league full of surprises, so you just never know what you're going to get out of I that box of chocolates. And we just have to wait and see. But I don't believe that that would happen. We'll just go ahead and get past <laughs> Mr. Bill O'Brien. The point is, is that for the Patriots, um, this is a team that is, I would think, in the fourth place position at the for the AFC East looking up. I just don't. I, I I don't see them being better than the Jets. I don't see them being better than the Bills or the is is nobody, Patriots fan or not, nobody can tell me that the Patriots are gonna find a way to be better than any of the Jets Dolphins. Right I mean it's I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm nope, sorry. I no. can't the defense, yes, the defense is going to be there. Other than that, the only way yet the Patriots win games are not supposed to is by turnovers. Turnovers playing sound offense. Which is their mo? But again, I, I'm trying to talk myself into it now. I'm just like, oh, maybe the win. No, 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 not it's not. No, no, not no, 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 no. Anyways, let's move on. Let's get back to some of these cuts once again. Um, Ish, do you have any surprise cuts or anybody that got let go that you didn't see happening? And also, if they did get let go, do you see them joining another team or staying on that same practice squad team for the team that let them go? Uh, PJ Walker. He didn't perform well in preseason. Um, but it's interesting that he got supplanted by, well, it's not official yet, but undrafted rookie Tyson Baggin, um, going to back up Justin Fields or be at least in the conversation to back up Justin Fields and PJ Walker is no longer on the Chicago bears. Of course, we have the situation in Arizona with Colt McCoy being let go, which that's a whole mess in and of itself. Um, I'm trying to think and look if there are any other ones that really caught. There was um, Paul Beasley with the Giants, but that you could kind of see that coming. Exactly. They had a lot of additions at wide receiver. Paul Beasley, he done. Yeah, he, he, done. he done, man. He done. Julian Edelman, 3.0, whoever. I don't know. We've, we've had so many. 3.0, more like 1.5. <laughs> okay, one point. Relax. <laughs> Relax. I don't know what, what clone that's, you want to That's make. a poor man, Julian no, Ellen. We're not even going to classify yeah. that as the next version. No, we're not doing that. Um, I will say, and it's no, I don't think it's a surprise because of he's like that electrifying, wow, good. I just think it's, um, I think he's somebody that can actually help out a team mm-hmm. because he got cut, and the person talking about it is chosen. Anderson, a.k.a. Robbie Anderson, wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, I just think that was just a numbers thing. Uh, now, when I think from what I saw uh, film-wise, I, he looked he looked fine as, as a wide receiver. I think he can join a team like here in Houston, and he can maybe play these two little small wide receivers here with Tank Dell and, and Chosen Anderson. Or, again, he can be a third and a third wide receiver or a fourth wide receiver on a really good team like the Chiefs maybe, you know. I don't think y'all bring him in, but I'm just saying he can he can add some value to a team that's looking for um, a, a consistent and a, and a pretty you know speedy wide receiver at that wide receiver two or three level. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's relatively still young, and as long as he uh, ain't out here you know doing silly stuff, I think he can help out a team uh, in the playoff run. But uh, again, we have to see where he lands uh, if he lands with a team like. The Arizona Cardinals, like he was on previously, he probably ain't going to playoffs anytime soon. Uh, and I think we're beating up on the Cardinals too much, but we'll continue to do that towards the end of the show because, again, I want to save them for last. Um, another, uh, it wasn't a cut, but it was a trade. And I talked about this earlier uh, Tennessee Titans acquiring Nick Folk. Uh, Tennessee Titans, for whatever reason, just continue to keep having these kicking issues. Uh, with their kicker ever since, um, looks like I guess Fat Randy, Randy Bullock, um, was their main kicker just a couple of years ago after being let go from the Titans. They just have not been able to have any consistent kicking game. Uh, now you have Nick Folk, who's arguably one of the better kickers in, in the last 10, 15 years in the NFL. Um, 
does that help the Titans in their kicking woes and everything else on their offense? I think it, help, so. it helps with more consistency, but uh, Tennessee Titans as itself, uh, the offense is the one that's going to have to show up. They're going to have to figure out a way to uh, figure out who's going to be able to make these uh, electric plays besides Derrick Henry. Somebody on that wide receiver court is going to have to step up. Uh, I think the defense is a sleeping giant. Uh, and, yes, I'm saying this as a fan and also as an analyst because – if you do look at that, that the makeup of this defense uh, at the moment, especially some of the pieces they've acquired in the offseason, um, it's going to be very scary hours for, for some of these quarterbacks that they're facing. And their first test will be in New Orleans against Derek Carr, who I think is a guy uh, just like I just talked about with Trey Lance, going back to Trey Lance, going to a new environment, a team that you know might actually want you and wants you to succeed here and wants you to be great. Um, I think Derek Carr has an opportunity to be able to show how good he is in the Saints uniform. So we'll see how that all plays out week one and, of course, other matchups throughout the NFL. We'll talk more about that um, um, on Thursday as well. Uh, we'll preview, of course, uh, that Thursday uh, opener between the Chiefs and the Lions. Very interesting matchup. I know, of course, when that schedule dropped, everybody was like, what the hell, the Lions? Yeah, I'm, yeah, Lions, but... Yeah, we'll see who we'll see who's really really you got you got some Lions fans out here. I think they're going to the conference championship game. I respect the uh I respect the uh the loyalty, but they're entertaining. They are, they are. So again, we'll we'll see how that all plays out on Thursday. Like I said, we'll talk about that more on uh that opening game on Thursday. And then of course join us once again on Sunday mornings because we'll be here to introduce uh week one of the uh or preview week one of the rest of the slate on Sunday and then of course on Monday as well. Um, other than that, ish, are there any other cuts or anything else you want to talk about uh, going down to 53? No. All righty then. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Um, he will start the NFL season on the pub list, uh, physically unable to perform a list after the you no know, trade that uh, did not occur. A, a cure for him and the Colts. Of course, it seems as though that the Colts were trying to find a trade partner. Don't know how hard they were trying to uh, do that, but it uh, seems as though that Jonathan Taylor is still unhappy and still will be unhappy in Indy. Um, this, this, this is a, this is, I don't know. It's, this is just very interesting because um Obviously, we know running backs are underpaid. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks now. Not not just underpaid, but just underappreciated, right? Yep. And um, for Jonathan Taylor and Colts, I mean, it seems like, as Kanye say, it was all good just a week ago. And now, all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor wants nothing to do with the Colts. I mean, I kind of low-key feel like, you know, Deshaun Watson with the Texans at one point in time, you know, trying to force force a trade out. Obviously, it happened, but all the the – the outspill from all that happened and and you know we are where we are now but for Jonathan Taylor it's like what happened what 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 made what did you, you go talk to Jim Mercer and he pissed you off that much you like hey I can't work for this man no more but um I guess we can say this will definitely be John Taylor's last year in Indy and we'll be moving on I mean if you want to chime in um, this is no surprise. I knew he was going back. We talked about it, I think, a couple weeks back on the show, and I said, and I just said, I didn't think there was going to be uh, any kind of trade that would materialize that would be of interest to Indy because you got to look back at what Carolina got for uh, Christian McCaffrey, and when you got Christian McCaffrey not going for, I think the highest pick he went for was a second round, and they got four picks in that. But um, outside of that, uh, you thought you were getting the first round for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, not going to happen. So I knew that was coming. The interesting part is going to be, you know, when are, are they able to resolve this? I don't know what happened. Um, can they resolve it? Is it salvageable? Um, is he going to come back and play as soon as he's ready? Or is he going to, you know, maybe come up with an injury to – kind of drag this out i don't know um 
but definitely some dysfunctional stuff going on in Indy. And the worst time for that to be happening or the worst season for that to be happening, because unlike seasons past where they went out and got a really high profile um, veteran quarterback that is ready to step in and basically it be playoffs or bust, um, they're starting a rookie. And it would help to have one of the better running backs in the league and to not have that now. Just makes that transition all that more more harder for him. I uh, may percent agree, especially um, like you said for uh, Anthony Richardson coming in and and not having dad or curse of a back that will alleviate a lot of pressure off of you, not having to be perfect as a quarterback on every play. Uh, let me get to the comment section right quick because I'm missing my boy. I'm missing my boy Freshwater. He says. I don't understand why the Texans kept three quarterbacks. I was sure Case was going to get cut. Um, if I'm being honest with you, though, Fractured, I feel like Davis Miller should get cut before Case. I, I, I like Case as a veteran presence. Obviously, he's well, well known in Houston. Well, uh, Houston obviously loves him and whatnot. I mean, I, I think for not just uh, city morale, team morale, obviously, as well, too, I think you keep uh, Case Keenum over Davis Mills. That's my opinion. Uh, Fresh Wallace says, and Casario missed hard on K Green. He also says, Bob going to get next year either uh, get get a gig next year either in New England or Cleveland. Oh. I know Fresh Wallace keeps bringing up that Watson connection. Uh, I I just I don't I don't see it. I don't, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Watson and Bob Bob uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien hate each other. I, don't I think just they think cool like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think. Watson really want anything to do with that whole Houston stank, right? I guess uh-huh. that's my opinion. Uh, Anderson to the Colts to give AR five more weapons since JT is gone. Yeah, yeah. And Fresh one says for four weeks when it comes to uh, Jonathan Taylor being out. Um, again, with this situation for the Colts. Um, What's interesting is besides the quarterback um, situation that they've had to deal with over the last six, seven years now, starting a different quarterback every year, um, it seems like they just can't find any type of consistency. For whatever reason, it seems like Peyton Manning has put such a um, a chokehold on both of the franchises that he left from that they just cannot find anybody, not to replace him, but just play decent quarterback and I'm talking about the Colts and the Broncos. Obviously, you know, Russell Wilson was supposed to be the guy to help, you know, restain or restore, restore some type of quarterback order, but we saw how that worked out last year. And now he's getting another opportunity, new coach. Yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. But um, the, the Colts, man, they're just – if it wasn't for Peyton Manning and doing what he was able to do there in Indy, they really would be a dumpster fire of an organization. <laughs> Huge. If you look at that organization, if it's not for Peyton Manning, they would not be looked at the way they are looked and at. Tony Dungy. And Tony Dungy. Of course. My apologies. No disrespect to Tony. He's the OG. Don't do Tony Dungy like that. You're mentioning correct. And, of course, the other wide receiver weapons, the Dwight Freeney's, Robert Mathis's, the, of course, and the Lions, the, the, the Bob Sanders, everybody. Uh, I assume you got names and names. My point is, is that for the Colts, they – unfortunately are like the I wouldn't call them the stepchild I wouldn't call them the the bad little Tyler as we call it Tyler Murray they are like the plague that you want nothing to do with comparison to the Dallas Cowboys Um, they think they are the Dallas Cowboys but they don't have the reins to show for it they don't have the history to show for it and the owners talking about both owners Jim Irsay Likes to try to be like a Jerry Jones, but fell at it miserably every time. Wifey and I were watching the preseason game last week, right? Jim Irsay comes into the into the booth and he's talking to the color the color analyst that's that's uh, doing the play by play for the Colts, right? And my wife looks at me and he and she says, "What is he trying to say?" Okay. I, I tell her straight up, I say, "I I I do not know." Because the way that he is speaking, he's literally my God, we're going coast football. 
I swear to God, go watch the film. I don't make this up. He literally spoke in one long sentence of a paragraph and didn't make any sense. But when you're on the team and, you know, you got plenty of money, you can do the hell you want. And the way that he's just been running his organization ever since Peyton left, I just don't see the Colts being what they think that they think that they are, if that makes sense. And I feel bad for a guy like Anthony Richardson because I think Anthony Richardson is a special talent. I think he can be a great quarterback. But I don't want him to be destroyed playing with a franchise like this and not being able to actually showcase his amazing talent with a team that can actually show off his ability the correct way. That's my fear for Anthony Richardson. Everybody's going to say, oh, see, I told you so. I told you so. But in reality, it's not him. It's, it's, it's the management group. Ish. Yeah, no, I I don't know. The, the the Colts are definitely in an interesting situation and just this the situation with Jonathan Taylor just kinda is the icing on the cake over the past couple of years of just dysfunction with seems like in the organization of um the identity has been lost since Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck left. Um You've been jumping from veteran quarterback to veteran quarterback. You finally, you know, struck gold with Jonathan Taylor and you made the right moves on the line. And then to have this situation pop up, it's just like it's yet another thing. And the worst part about this whole situation happening right now in Indy for that organization and the fans is that the AFC South is ripe for the picking. Like, you would hope this, like, you would hope you would be the one organization to have your stuff together in the AFC South. Because in Tennessee, while they've been doing well, there's a bunch of just whole, there's a lot of question marks going on in Tennessee. In Houston, clearly it's been a dumpster fire. In Jacksonville, it, you always think they're kind of figuring it out, and then they find a way to just kind of, you know, throw it all away at some point in the season. And, you know, maybe this may be the year for them because the other three organizations just don't know what they're doing right now. It just seems like there's a lot of just question marks within this division. And for Indy, historically, to have been the, you know, stable creature to now being part of that dysfunction in the AFC South, you know, I feel bad for those fans because this was, this really could have been your year, right? Like, and I don't know, maybe it still can. There are a lot of young, I mean, all t all four teams in the division have young quarterbacks this year starting for them. Um, you know, well, don't you, don't you ever dare say Will Levis, or damn Malik Willis gonna play for the damn yeah, gonna play. No, they're no, they're gonna play at some no, point. No, no, we, we, we no. know they're gonna play at some they're point. No, no, okay, continue. they're gonna play at some point. We nope. already know that. Continue, sir. No, I mean, I just at some point they're gonna play. Their whole in all the organizations in the uh, this is the year, really. Whoever can figure it out first, um, they're gonna win this division, probably barely with a winning record. <laughs> Um, no, nah, I think Tennessee could have a good winning record, and um, they're likely going to win it. But we'll see. It's really, it's really, de it's really uh, determined on the ja the Jags and the, ta and the Jags and the Titans. I mean, it's really, yeah. really going to kind of and then the question behind that is: Can the Texans actually compete and maybe no. pull an okie doke on both of those teams? No, I doubt it too. But Everything is not played on paper, of course. We, we have to see how everything plays out. And it's a battle of nutrition when it comes to football at the end of the year. So let's go ahead and move on. I think we have enough of the Colts talk and Jonathan Taylor hoopla. Uh, let's finish it up tonight out in the desert. And Ish and I, we were talking about this uh, off the air. And we were kind of joking about the uh, hashtag tank for Caleb. But um, – it's true. I mean, if you see what's going on out in Arizona, I mean, anybody with half a brain and one eyeball can clearly see what's going on out there. 
Ish did mention that the uh, Arizona, Col- Arizona Cardinals uh, released uh, Colt McCoy, a uh, guy that has been able to come out there and fill in for games for Kyler Murray. Again, two quarterback systems. But Monero won some games and be able to continue his pro career as a pretty serviceable backup quarterback. They have a new head coach, Mr. Jonathan Gannon, who comes over from the Philadelphia Eagles, who, let's be real, a lot of people feel as though that he was not that great of a defensive coordinator, and he probably don't know what the hell he's doing as a, as a uh, head coach. Uh, because apparently one thing that he wanted to discuss to reporters is that he's not going to name a week one starter because he wants to remain, uh, he wants to continue to have the competitive advantage by keeping the starter a mystery. Sir, the uh, two starting quarterbacks right now, I'm sorry, two quarterbacks on your roster right now is Mr. Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon. So with that being said, um, Kyler Murray as well is another person that is on the pub list, meaning that he will not be available the first four weeks of the season. Meaning that by uh, minimum, you only be able to play 13. If Kyler comes back and, and most likely will be the starting quarterback, um, can Kyler pull off a run to allow the um, the Cardinals to maybe make a run at the playoffs-ish? Um, no. And with some of the moves they've made in this offseason, I think – it's more than clear that they are not trying to win. Not necessarily that the players are going to go out there and not try to win, um, but I don't know that. And I think we talked about this with Lovey Smith when he was here with Houston and there was the whole debacle of him winning that last game. And, you know, the question came up of like, well, why wouldn't you just, you know, tank or lose? And we talked about how like throughout the season, they didn't necessarily put the players in the best situation to win those games. And it just, you know, kind of was crazy that it came down to that last game and that extra point. But um, I do think the Arizona players are going to go out there to win the game. I don't think the organization is going to put them in the position to try to win games. And we saw, we can clearly see that with them letting Colt McCoy go. Come on, this is it. The guy has done the job for you up until this point. I get you got a new head coach there, but really, you're going to acquire a guy and he's only been there for like a week and that's going to be your starter now? Or you're going to have some random guy be the starter? Like, come on, man. It's clear that Arizona wants... And, and let's just be honest. I saw somebody pointed out they also have Houston's pick. They could have two picks in the top five. It could be you could have Williams and Harrison Jr. So if you're Arizona, maybe we pull a Rockets and tank to make sure that we get the top pick. And then maybe they force the NFL's hand to say, hey, dude, y'all can't do this anymore. Like, we can't, we cannot have teams go out there and tank. But maybe, just maybe, it's going to take the Cardinals doing it this year for us to have to change those rules. Fresh one says Hackett is this year. Gannon, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Hackett of the year is Gannon. My apologies, my apologies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hackett of the year is Gannon. And also, he says Dobbs. Is going to be the starter for them. Oh, yeah. um, and put this in perspective, Dobbs is a guy that's only been on, on the roster for a little over a week. And the backup quarterback, Mr. Clayton Toon, is a rookie. So, again, this is – Ish said, as a player, you're going to go out there and go try to win because nobody likes going out there and go lose. Uh, but when everything is written on the walls and everybody knows what's going on, I feel very bad for the players. I know nobody's going to really feel bad for players getting making millions of dollars. I, again, I understand all that. But when you go out and you go play football, especially at a high level, and you are going out there and you want to win, but you are not put in position to win, mentally, that's going to get to you by week 13, week 14, week 15. By week 15, all they're going to care about is, I'm ready for the season to be over with, so we can go on vacation. And a lot of players are going to check out. 
And there's going to be some players that are going to get traded, of course, throughout the season that want to go to other teams that want to compete and win, win something. Um, but like Ish said, until the NFL step in to make some changes, this is a this is a great A tank job. I, I went ahead and looked at the odds to see uh, uh, over under for wins for the Cardinals at the moment is four and a half. Uh, so if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna go ahead and put some money down that right now is at a plus one twenty, depending on the sports book that you bet at. But I like my odds on that one. I'm thinking about three or four, three or four, hey, three or four. That it gets you an extra hundred twenty dollars. That's that's some easy money right there. Um, but for the most part, is the risk worth the reward, right? I mean, the Cardinals, another organization, just like the Colts, when it comes to just doing some stupid stuff over the last five to ten years, you know, you go out and you get Josh Rosen, right? Everybody forgot about Josh Rosen, right? You go out and go get Josh Rosen. He wants to be the next Aaron Rodgers. He's coming in. He's hot shit. Within a year, they move on from him and get Kyler Murray, right? Get Kyler Murray. Those be your guy, the next, the greatest high school Texas quarterback ever, right? Okay, we're gonna bring in your college coach because you have such a great relationship with him. We saw how they started off in the regular season. I'm sorry, in the beginning of this regular season, and how the end of the, the season started uh, finished off. We saw Cliff's record everywhere he went. You start off high, and you and you usually end up like a dud, and now we're we're a year removed from Kyler and his big contract and the hoopla that came amongst the contract when it comes to him not studying his playbook. So everything that the the Arizona Cardinals have done over these last year, a couple of years now, it might, in their eyes, it might seem like they're doing the right thing. But what happens if Caleb Williams isn't as good as what we think they, they well, do? this do you think some of the controversy around kyler and um not only the injury but um the playbook thing the playbook thing being part of the contract and then that like them having to address that and everything do you think that's kind of worn the organization down a little bit to like maybe this guy just isn't the guy to lead the organization not that they don't believe that he could be a franchise quarterback in the league but maybe he's just not their franchise quarterback and they I think really this can be a beautiful nightmare for both parties mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is I think both parties because at the end of the season this really could happen when it comes to splitting up I think both of these I think Kyler will be on a new team next year mm-hmm. and I think the Cardinals if everything goes right, if you can get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., and if that can be your foundation moving forward, then you won, right? You you won. You've been able to start over fresh, and nobody remembers the Josh Rosen era, and nobody remembers the quote-unquote the process like the Philadelphia 76ers, right? And Kyler Murray can go maybe to Dallas Cowboys, maybe to – the Seattle Seahawks, maybe if they decide to move on from, from Geno Smith, depending on his contract situation, maybe for uh, maybe a team like the Tennessee Titans the, the year after, because it's Ryan Tannehill's last year. No, there's there's going to be some teams out there that might, that might want Kyler Murray services. But like I stated with Trey Lance and Marshawn Lynch, maybe your second team is what will allow you to be at your best. So it's going to be very interesting, again, how this all plays out. Um, again, the battle of Tyler, once again, on our show, talking about, you know, what, what he can and can't do. I, I, um, I want to bring up this first comment first from Greg. Kyler Murray to the Rams or Tampa. I like those two teams. I like that. I like the outside of thinking box on that one. But I would take the Rams before Tampa. But I do like that because Stafford, he's – He's he's an he's an elbow away from being out for the rest of the season, and Tampa, you better hurry and get some help over there, or or boy, uh, Mr. Bowles will not have a head coach. Bowles gone. Uh, Greg says, and he asks this question: Is Caleb Williams even worth all of this? I'll make it short and sweet. Yes. Ish. Uh Based off the tape up to right now, yeah. 
Bryce Warner says, at Greg, in my opinion, yes, but at the same time, he has a lot of talent around him at USC. Now, let's, 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 let's take it back now. He was doing this before he got the He was doing it at Oklahoma as well. I mean, now, I, again, same type of same type of system, right? Same type of five, four or five wide receivers said, hell of a hell of a athletes all across the field. You know, it, it's easy to say it's the same thing at Alabama, right? When Tua and Jalen Hurts and all them, Mac Jones are all there, and you have all these all these uh weapons at wide receiver and also running back. So it makes you probably look a lot better than what you are. But when I look at uh Caleb Williams, his intangibles. The way he's able to get the ball out, the size, of course. Um, this is one of those guys where he, call me call me crazy. I, he's he's the black version of Justin Herbert, but he might actually be able to win something in the league because if Justin Herbert don't get get into some goddamn win columns where it actually matter, we might start looking at him like just a, another big size quarterback with a big arm, and who cares? I think at the minimum he comes in and he's a solid starting quarterback in the league. Oh, yeah. right? I, like, I think at the minimum he's a solid starting quarterback in the league. And now, of course, it all comes down to where you go and your coaching staff and what type of system they run. Well, he's likely going to Arizona. Well, you know, if he goes to Arizona, then yeah. But again, okay, so Arizona, who are you going to get to coach him up then? That's really what it comes down the to. Real right? question, the real question is, right? If it's not Arizona, then who? Yeah. I mean, it's, mm. we'll, we'll talk about that throughout the season, of course, and we'll talk about that probably in all season next is uh after the season is over with. But yeah, I mean, that's gonna be something to think about as well. I mean, one one thing I do know, Kevin Williams gonna get picked up one one or two. It really, of course, it all depends on how the teams you know line up. It might be a team like the New England Patriots. Oh Lord, I don't even think I don't even think about Caleb Williams going to the Patriots. Oh man, let's, mm. let's let's. Oh, we had such a good show, and now you want to ruin it with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't ever give the Patriots mm-hmm. anything good. Let's not do that. Uh, Fred Runa says, "Surefire first overall pick. No other QB is close at this point. Might be the only quarterback taken in the first round next year." Yeah, yeah, and then you know we're waiting. We're waiting to see. Well, I, I like the Pac-12. Like Pac- yeah, look, the Pac-12 have the most. Um, NFL-ready quarterbacks at this moment. The Pac-12, for the first time in in probably decades, have the best slate of quarterbacks in this upcoming college football um, year. Uh, It's really not even close. Uh, But it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out quarterback-wise because I think we'll see two, probably a, a third quarterback come out of nowhere, rise from the ashes and say, hey, look at me. We saw Notre Dame's quarterback, Sam Hart, uh, Hartman, who, I'm being honest with you, I don't believe anything that a, a Notre Dame quarterback does because nine times out of ten they're going to be bums. And He's doing another week for us, though. Like I said, I do not believe any Notre Dame quarterbacks when they get to the NFL because nine times out of ten they are bums. So, he was doing it at Wake Forest. Also, don't don't forget Quinn Ewers at, at UT. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions hey, around. There's, is, there's three. There's the three. hype before he got there. There's, you, there's the three UT quarterbacks around. that can be starting starting right now for UT. Well, we'll three. see. No, they I'm, say I'm, that right now, and, I'm just and saying, sure enough, we're going to get into the season. They're going to drop the first game to Rice for some reason. We'll see. says, "I'm ready to see prime time on Saturday night yeah. against TCU." Yeah, let's see what Shador Sanders is able to do. TCU um, is a 20 point favorite at the moment. <laughs> So we'll see how it plays out. I don't think I don't think Colorado uh, gets beat by twenty. So again, if I'm a betting man, go ahead and like on that on that uh on that cover. You might win a little bit of a little bit of coins on that one. All right. So with that being said for tonight, thank y'all once again for tuning in. Before we go, again, I just want to let y'all know. Don't forget, tune in this season. You might be able to win you a autograph signed by Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams. Uh, Leonard Williams will have a better opportunity to drop it off to his front door than I will. I'm just laying out right now. Um, Fresh one that says 11 a.m. X. Oh yes, man. yes sir, sir. I'll I'll be there. Uh, besides my kids probably wanting to watch Bluey, I'll I'll find a way to watch it. The, the game will be watched. Uh, but for the most part, uh, we thank y'all as always for tuning in. Next week will be a great show because, like I said, we'll be talking about divisional winners, um, who's on the hot seat. Uh, bold predictions, 
Uh, we do this every year, your next talking ish. Uh, this is a great time because we get to go back and look back later on and see who the hell is right and who the hell is wrong. So uh, be very, uh, very interesting to see uh, who decides to pick who for some of these divisional winners, especially AFC East, uh, AFC North, NFC South. You know, again, that's a bad conference. So who who will be able to rise from the to the cream of the? Oh conference? goodness, with that division. one. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Maybe the greatest division in the world, the AFC West, might show up. I doubt it, but we'll see, see the Raiders. Uh, we'll go with that the Raiders, they feel as though that their backup quarterback, Mr. O'Connell, can be the, the, the heir apparent to Jimmy G. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a very Just interesting. on that. Gonna be a very interesting NFL season, so we'll be here to cover it all. Thank y'all once again for joining us here at X Talking Edge. See y'all next week. Peace.